Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. guys brian jackson here with chris Hughesby on the fourth down experience podcast um obviously we we hope that everyone is, is doing well and staying in their safe place and just being smart and taking proper protocol and, and cautionary measures with with the virus going on right now obviously we're thinking about all of you and we, we want you guys to be safe and sound um we have a special guest here today uh and we're, we're really excited because it's going to be our first fbs uh D1 level uh, coach that's on the podcast that's going to provide us kind of the, the state of the union address on, on college football recruiting. And obviously, you guys know our niche. It's specialists kicking, punting, and snapping. So we're excited to welcome the uh, Miami of Ohio University special teams coordinator, uh, Doug Scherer. Welcome, coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Looking forward to being on. Yeah. Thank you, coach, for being on. Excited to have you with us because. You know, we're getting a lot of kids asking us what can they do, what can current recruits do, what can 2021 kids do. So excited to have you on as an authority to, to answer some questions. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to giving out some advice and catching up with you guys. So, Coach, like, just curious, like, you know, college football coaches right now, I mean, what what are you guys doing? You know, just like everyone else or – yeah, you know, right now we're usually, you know, we're usually in our spring ball and we're with our players and developing the guys that are on campus and continuing to improve, you know, these guys in our 15 practices. But obviously that's been paused over the last week and a half or so. And so right now, you know, we're like most of the country trying to work remotely from home, trying to hang low and, and be around our families and, and uh, you know, stay separated from each other. But We've been meeting as a staff here at Miami every every morning at 8 a.m. on a teleconference just to catch up and to, to be organized with recruiting and to keep track of our players. And, you know, it's a short conference call between an hour to two hours long, depending upon what we need to discuss. And uh, and then from there, we've we've obviously had the opportunity. Now our players are gone. So we're, one, keeping track of our guys because they're still in school academically online. And then, uh, two, making sure that, you know, they're safe, obviously, and then three, you know, as much development that they can have in the weight room and with their skills, trying to help them with that. Um, and then we have a bunch of time to kind of get ahead, quote-unquote, for our 2021 recruiting. Um, you know, with this time, as everyone knows, it's become a, a dead period until at least April 15th, which, you know, that may be extended, it may not be, um, meaning that, you know, the recruits can't come here and we can't go to see them. Um with that being said and everything that's going on, you know, we don't know if we're going to be able to get out to recruit because even if they do allow us to, there could be high schools that are still closed with online classes. And, you know, so what we've been trying to do is the 2021 classes, reach out to as many guys as we can, and especially the specialists in the world that everyone loves to see them live, whether it's at their high school at a spring ball practice or at one of our camps in the summer. So for me, I've been trying to explain to, the guys that I've been recruiting and guys that have been reaching out to me that, you know, here's the time to act for actually for you to get ahead with me. If you can send me as much film as possible, as long as you can safely go somewhere, um, 
to some type of field or some type of park to kick, punt, or snap, um, you actually are getting ahead because I can use this film as my live evaluation um, because I may not get that live evaluation that I want to get, um, whether it be in spring recruiting or even at summer camps because there will only be so many dates in the summer for, for them to come. That's interesting. First thing I love is when guys send me film, I love for it to be continuous film. Um, so if you're going to send a coach, if you're going to send me your your field goals, let's say you're going to go out and kick field goals, I love to see you hit five in a row. I don't care if they're from the left hash, right hash, middle, could be mixed up, but I want to see you hit five kicks in a row. And if you miss one, um, you miss one. You know what I mean? I, I want it to be real, just like if I was there. You know, there's a really good chance, unless you're the best of the best, if I stand there and watch you kick 15 balls, if I was at your your spring ball practice or if you came to my camp, um, there's a good chance you're going to miss one. So I think being real is important. So sending the continuous film I think is huge. If you're a punter, have somebody toss you the ball, have somebody snap you the ball if possible, at least a toss because how many times does a punter start with the ball in his hands perfectly in a game? Never. Um, so I would love to see that from a punting standpoint. Also, you know, any type of holding film I think is big. Um, because we would see that in a live evaluation as well. I'm getting to the point, too, where once I've seen a few continuous film that guys have sent me, there's the live evaluation right there. It's not the same as in person, but it's pretty darn close. And that gives us a, a chance to, one, to continue to get to know you. And really, two, we might get more evaluation of you. Nice. Just thinking here, so technically then as a coach in general, holistically, are you allowed to sort of advise them then and say, hey, can you just go get me some film of, five in a row like can you kind of coach them up on what you want to see then yeah sure you know what i will do is um if a kid's hitting me up on twitter or on text message or if he calls me on the phone i can explain to him what i want usually you know one thing that i think a lot of guys um have an issue with is they try to see the, the kid kick 100 balls and then that's not realistic i'd rather see you just kick you know what i've been telling kids is give me five field goals give me four punts to the right, four punts to the left, give me eight holds. You know, if you're a holder, right, uh, kickoff guy, I just want to see three kickoffs um, in a row. And then I personally, if it's a field goal kicker, I like him to, to put the ball on the sideline and go from the 15, 10, 5 goal line. If he can go to the minus five if he's on the field, you know, to see the, the hard angle drill. You know, I don't mind seeing four or five clips of that in a row. Um but I think, you know, one thing kids don't have to do is you don't have to hit 25 balls in a continuous session to send to me. I'd rather see you go out on next Tuesday and you send a little bit, and then in two weeks you can safely go out again you send a little bit more. Just the same type of progression that I would see from you if you were here with us from spring ball three to spring ball nine to spring ball fifth. you know, where it doesn't need to be every day, it doesn't need to be every week, but the more that they can send um, – you know, I think the better that it is for us to get to know them and see their technique. And, and, and then we can ask questions or say, hey, you know, I like what you did there, but can you get somebody to toss you the ball? Can you move your handle in time if you're a punter? Can you can you give me more left-hash kicks if you're a kicker? Whatever we want to see, then we can kind of continue to adjust that stuff. So I think you're better off sending a little bit and then keeping contact with that coach because we're all sitting here, you know, trying to keep ourselves sane as well, you know, as the players are. So um, getting a little bit every week or so isn't a bad thing to continue to get to know each other. So let's just say you as a coach are in contact with like 10 kickers, you know, that are on your short list. Would it, yeah. would it be okay that that specialist just 
unsolicitedly, I guess, kind of just send you video clips every other day, like, like without telling you. Is it cool if they just send it to you? Yeah. You're cool with that type of thing? Yeah, I, I always tell kids I never hesitate to, to give me anything um, and to send me any film because any film that you're sending me, you're giving me now another reason to, you know, make a case for you to be on our team at some point. Um, and that's the as much evidence as I can get, whether that's you playing another sport, whether that's your kicking and punting and snapping film, whether that's what you do outside of the building, whether that's your high school coach reaching out to me, whether that's your um, private kicking coach or, or whoever you work with and train with reaching out to me. You know, as much information that I can get from somebody, the better. Uh, we do a great job here at Miami. Our graduate assistants are awesome with, you know, when we do get film from players or when we're on the road as, as position coaches, you know, we'll send them the clips that we have, whether it's on our phone um, or through Google Drive and, and with our recruiting board that we have, you know, that we're access to. Our recruits do a great job of putting links on every kid's name. So when I go to player X on my recruiting board, I can click his name and see every clip he's ever sent me. Um, and our GAs do an awesome job of uploading that. So hopefully at some point, you know, there's a profile that's being built with everything from your test score to your GPA to, you know, anything that we can put on there. Nice. Yeah, this is all, I mean, super valuable information. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you being on this, Doug. Um, just to rehash this just one more time, just so everyone's clear. So, like, from now, which is March 20th, it's up to April 15th, which is obviously going to be reassessed. Uh, you know, reevaluated at April 15th. Um, you guys cannot uh, have any in-person visits. You can't go to their houses. You're, you're not allowed to go to their school, etc. Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, right, the only good. thing that we can do right now is if you're a 2021 kid, and even some 2020s out there, right, in the specialist world, that maybe you're still looking for a place to, to be a PWO or a walk-on player, um, we can go back and forth on text message. We can go back and forth on Twitter. Um, and they're always allowed to call us, and we can and we can answer. Um, okay. What if he's a twenty, yeah. If he's a twenty twenty two kid, um, what I would suggest is we can't do anything with them until September first, going into their junior year, right? Because they're still a sophomore in high school and they're transitioning into their junior year. So when it comes to speaking with a twenty twenty two or younger, um, it's only we're only allowed to talk about camp. And right now, you know, we are we are hoping that we can get back to normalcy as soon as possible. We're hoping that we can get back to having our camp season and getting kids to camp. So we can talk if they want to text us and they get our number through their high school coach or their kicking coach or reach to us on Twitter. They need to understand that we can only go back and forth about coming to our camp. It can only be camp conversation. Uh, and then, you know the best way for them to get us because, you know, there's no reason why they can't send us film either, but if they want their private kicking coach to send us the film, we can start to build their profile. Um, you know, one thing I think that people need to remember, especially at our position, um, the kicker, punter, snapper position, it, it's the recruiting has been sped up there as well, but it's not the same as the other positions. Right. Um, so yes, it's been sped up, but I don't know if it's been sped up to the point of if you're a 2022 kid, how many of us, yes, I have something where I keep track of every 2022 kid that I've heard from a high school coach or a kicking coach, but am I diving into that as deep and as detailed as my 21 board right now? No. Um, 
because some of us are still finishing up 2020 walk-ons, right? So uh, from a specialist standpoint, we aren't necessarily as far ahead as 2022 and 2023 as other positions are, but as much film as they can always send us, the better to create that profile. And they just need to get creative in the avenues that they do it, whether it's on their Twitter account, um, because we can just maybe just see it on their Twitter, right? And then that'll make us put them on a list, and then we can circle back to them you know, after, once they start hitting September 1st of their junior year, um, and then go from there. So, uh, I just had, uh, one particular question I wanted to ask you because it, it comes up at camps and yeah. it's been more common the last three years. Uh, <clears throat> like obviously we just had a, a camp recently for 2021s and, and one of the biggest conflicts that the kids had was if they should have used a half inch T or a one inch T or go to the grounds. And I'll, I'm going to tell you what we've said, but I would love to hear your take on it. Cause you know, you sure. going to NC state, you being at Miami, you having just connections across the whole nation with, uh, you have a, you have a deep amount of contacts in the special teams realm and coaching realm. Um, so like if it, we, what we've told kids that come to the camp, especially these 21 guys, we told them is like if, if you are, are not comfortable in February right now, like this was at that time, um, to kick off the ground. If you're not hitting a B plus ball, you know, A minus ball off the ground yet, it's okay to use the half inch right now. You know, you're if you're going into the summer of your senior before your senior year and you're wanting to show off the ground in the summer, you need to be able to allow time to transition off the tees. And and their worry is. Uh, some of them are there. They're worried that they're going to hit really good balls off the one inch and half inch tee, but then they're going to get kind of demoted or looked frowned upon by a college coach because in the video it shows the tee and not the ground. So we, what I wanted to ask you was, is what was your thought process in general and situations like that time of the year on the tee? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think if you're a kid that's going into their senior year, and let's just say you, we, you come to our camp in June, I would prefer for you to be on the ground in our camp. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, what I would say is there are some kids, you know, where we are in the Midwest, there's a lot of turf fields. So the, the playing surface is going to be pretty, pretty even in terms of where it's at. Now, there's some places like where you guys, where you are um, in the South, Brian, where there's a lot of grass fields. There was a lot of grass fields in North Carolina when I was at NC State, obviously. And as the season went on, those fields had divots. The grass was sand. The grass was good. The grass was muddy. The, you know, and the the tee provided a an advantage, not just because of your height, but because it gave you a spot that was clean to hit the ball off of, and that helps your team win. And there were some high school coaches that were very adamant on their players using at least the half-inch tee. And um, so what I would say is I think you should train going into your senior year and being out of college camp off the ground. And then based upon the conditions that you kick in in the, in the fall and how well you feel like you're going to do for your team, if the rule allows you to use it, um, especially if you're going to be playing on surfaces that aren't very reliable, I think that it's definitely an advantage to your football team in winning games. Um, I'm always watching the film and seeing if they're picking up a tee, right? But at the end of the day, um, you know, that half-inch tee, because you're on grass fields all the time, if that's a 
to me, that's not a bad reason for why you're using it, especially, you know, late in the season in the playoffs when fields are muddy. And we had a kid that we recruited at NC State who's playing there now, and, and he would he utilized uh, half inch tee his senior year because he felt his and his coach felt the same way. Um, I think it's touch and go on that, but that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, we have we have a couple kids in our in our ranking system that are still on the one inch, and we've already advised them to start making that transition to half inch to ground. Give it two or three weeks to the half inch, and then get straight to the ground so that way you're ready to go. Sure. For the summer, presumably, if if we have university run camps, ho- hopefully we we do. Obviously, we'll run into that, you know, later on down the road as as the virus hopefully subsides. Um, but so, you know, where where Chris and I have gotten into situations, nothing bad, just where we've had he- uh, healthy debates, is we'll have a kid that's kicking off seventy yards, you know, sixty eight, seventy yards, three six, three five, three seven hang time, and he's right there with the best of them, right? Like we've had a few kids that are kicking off a one inch tee and pretty good height really good distance like it's you know they look great off the one inch tee and now it's like hey you know they're hitting kickoffs better than kids that are hitting really good kicks off the ground on field goals but aren't there on kickoffs and so that's kind of where we as kicking coaches have to kind of make a determination like you know where does this guy fall in line you know because of that tee intangible so it's like that's one thing that we, you know, are trying just uh, to figure out moving forward on rating guys. And so that sure. I'm just kind of curious, you know, what your thoughts were on the team. I think you provided good information. So it's 21s that are listening, you know, so basically guys that are going to be upcoming seniors in the future or currently are in the future. Um, and, and I think it, that is pretty, pretty common knowledge that by the time you get to the summer before your senior year, you, if you're going to go to a college camp to kick, you know, you need to be ready to go off the ground as best as you can. Yeah, for sure. Coach, I got a few questions from kids that have basically contacted us just wondering what to do. The first one is for any current 2020 kids that are still kind of in the mix, they're talking to schools, how would you advise them in general? Because obviously it appears that you guys are set on your end. But And then if a kid wanted to commit, I thought I had read – that national letters of intent are not allowed to be signed in this dead period. So should a kid commit now just for the sake of it? Um, or should they just wait till the dead period's over? Like, well, how would you advise a 2020 kid who's not got it figured out yet? Yeah, I think a 2020 kid right now, um, you know, depending upon how much communication you've had with that school, you know, one, you've got to get it accepted into school. And a lot of these kids are going to be PWOs or walk-ons, right? So, you know, they can tell you that you got a spot on the team, but you got to make sure that you get accepted into that university. You know, it's not real until you get that that email or you get that letter in the mail with the with the stickers and the and the, the pennant from the school that says you're you're accepted, right? So make sure that you're going to be accepted into the university um, before you make any official official decision, and then um, make sure you clearly are communicating with the special teams coach on the staff and whoever your recruiting coach was from that staff of, you know, where you stand um, when it goes into fall camp, right? Because we all know the numbers, you know, we got 110 going into fall camp and then first day of school and the first day of competition, rosters grow. 
at our level here at Division One. So um, make sure you know where you stand. Because whether you're a scholarship player, PWO, walk-on, you want to be in fall camp so you can compete. Um, but at the same time, you know, do you, let's say they have a starter already who's a proven guy who's got another year or two left, then, well, if they're telling you you're going to at least have a spot on the team at some point, and that's a university you want to go to, that you've been accepted to, and you want to go there for not just football, but also for what it's going to give you for life after football, then I think that that's don't get caught up in the August 1st or whatever the training camp date is, right? So each kid is in each school situation is going to be different, but you got to be accepted into school and you got to know where you stand on the fall, fall roster in terms of when you're going to be on the football team. Um, and I think that's important. I don't know, you know, right now you're probably not going to get to a school before you have to put a deposit in. So you may have to make that commitment, you know, over the phone, um, you know, virtually, but there's a lot of schools that are putting together a lot of things, you know, where, you know, we've done a great job. Our video guys and our recruiting staff have done an awesome job putting together videos of our campus, of our facilities, um, of our academics, you know, any information that a kid needs, like maybe mom hasn't been to campus yet because you and dad went in January and you're a 2021 preferred walk-on guy. And, you know, we're sending mom links of, campus sending mom links of the building virtual 3d tour you know so she can feel like she's been there so where she can say you know what son this is a great decision for you that you've been accepted to this school you want to play football i haven't been there yet wish i could have went before you said yes but here's as much information that we can do with the situation that we have nice so at this point they can just verbally commit right they're not allowed yeah, to sign can, sign any yeah, official paperwork they, no, and, and to me, the reason why I say official for a, for a PWO guy is, you know, the, the signing is the signing, right? The, the NLIs are really more scholarship guys. The, the signing for a PWO guy, to me, the signing is when you put your deposit in and you are admitted into the university. That's how I see it from a walk-on standpoint, right? Because you can sign whatever paper you want as a PWO, but if you don't get into that school, you know, whether that's on your accord or the school's accord to help you, then it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. My last few that I have here is, how are you guys handling ACT stuff? Because I've, I've seen now that ACTs are probably going to get canceled or postponed. Like, how do you handle that on a recruiting end if a kid was banking on a spring test? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, that could just be pushed back a little bit into, into July and the fall. But a lot of times there are kids that are going to take a, a second test anyways if they took one in the spring. So... Um, I don't think that'll come up too quick until we get more towards the fall. But I, I, I would recommend to someone if your ACT or SAT did get canceled this spring to, to sign up for the one, the soonest one available. Um, not just because you want to get your score quicker, but because you don't want to take that test in the middle of your fall football season, right? So if you can prevent from that being the first time you take it in the fall, if you can take it in the summer, whenever it's first available, um, that's my recommendation. This way you have a, a baseline for where you're at. Even if you're maybe not as prepared for it as you want to be, at least you've taken it and you're going to have some type of score to tell a college coach and, and then you can always take it again. But you don't want to wait too long, and then that be your only score you have, and you miss out on an opportunity to a really high academic school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Which is which is great insight. Uh, so before Chris asks his last question, Coach, and, uh, this has been a phenomenal interview. It's providing super superb uh, input and information for folks. Um, just just a fun thing here. So you know, obviously you've coached at UConn and NC State, and you know first uh, special teams coordinator. 
position now at Miami. Um, obviously, you've coached in bowl games, but was the MAC championship that your team earned was that your first uh, championship? And if, and if so, or if not, how does it feel? Yeah, that was. Um, you know, that was a, an unreal experience. Our our program here at Miami. I'm I'm very fortunate. I got here during Coach Martin's sixth year, and there's six of our ten coaches have been here for the entire ten year. I'm just the fourth new guy in six years, and they've been really working hard to uh, to rebuild the program here at Miami. We have a, a, a rich history uh, of football here, both playing and coaching, and uh, obviously it means a lot to this university. And Coach Martin's done an amazing job at all the places he's been, and it's was really rewarding to see our players, especially the guys that have been here for a long time, our seniors that were leaving, and and also rewarding to see the guys that have been here the entire time, like Coach, um, guys that have been here a lot longer than me, to to get to that game and to fight the way we fought the entire year, um, being an underdog and, gosh, seven out of nine league games and, you know, going on the road and playing Iowa, Ohio State, and Cincinnati at a conference and, having guys hurt, having guys back, going through ups and downs. Um, absolutely amazing experience to see it on everyone's faces. And I'm just glad I was a really, really small, small part of it. Um, you know, and, and the players here are phenomenal. The coaches are great. And I'm just glad that they earned that opportunity um, to get into that game. And I'm glad we, we walked away uh, winning and uh, thankful the game was over when it was because Central Michigan and us were going at it pretty good. So um, it was a great game, unbelievable experience. And, we're just hoping that this is just the start um, of something here at Miami, you know, that they've been building on for so many years, and we're excited about the future. Yeah, nice. that's awesome. All right, Coach, our flagship question here. We ask yeah. everybody, uh, you're the third coach now that we've had on the podcast, so most of these questions are based towards playing stadium experiences, but from sure. a coaching perspective, what have been your five most favorite stadiums to coach in and I guess if you want to go back to playing days give us five stadiums that you enjoyed playing in as a player sure I'll, I'll go I'll go with the five stadiums um from a coaching perspective so I've been to three different universities I've been I've been lucky so the three I gotta pick three home fields right I mean if you don't pick your home field that's a that's a bad look so number five uh, going from five to one um, number five, I'll pick Renshaw Field, which was our home stadium at the University of Connecticut. Um, a lot of great games there that we had played. Um, you know, it was a new football program transferring, uh, moving over to Division One in 2004, and, and I was there as a student assistant, as an undergrad, and then a GA in 2013. So home state um, school I went to, you know, I'm picking Renshaw Field, number five. Uh, number four will be Kinnick Stadium in Iowa. Um, that was my first game here at Miami, my first game um, as a special teams coordinator, um, first game with this new group, and um, obviously the tradition at Iowa is second to none um, in terms of, of football and obviously their game day environment and, and the children's hospital wave. That was pretty special to be a part of, something where it's more than just football. Um, number three was Carter Finley Stadium at, at NC State, so that was a home field for five years for me when I was in Raleigh. Um, that place can get rocking pretty quick. Um, the fans there are diehard tailgaters and love to get in and, and get loud. So the Wolfpack fans were great. Number two is Ford Field, uh, MAC Championship. 
you know, playing in an NFL stadium in a dome, um, the atmosphere that the Mac created for that game, and then obviously us winning and, and that being a culmination of a lot of hard work here at Miami from a lot of different people. Um, that, that place will always be special. And then, you know, right now my number one's got to be the home field where we're at right here, you know, Yeager Stadium in Oxford, Ohio. And, um, you know, to be able to play in front of the Miami fans, we've got seven home games this year, five of them on a Saturday, coming off our MAC championship. Excited to see, you know, and I think people will probably be We'll be really excited for football season this year. Not that they weren't in the past, but with all these sports canceled and people stuck at home, you know, I'm excited to see a lot of Miami fans come out of the woodwork. And we got Cincinnati and Army at home and a bunch of Mac games. So, you know, we're obviously excited to, to play in front of our fans to, to kind of put all this behind us um, that we're going through right now and give them something to cheer about. Yeah, I love that list. Uh, yeah, you have, it always prompts me another question. So number one, Miami. So if if kids ki- kids and parents struggle with this, and we tell them, but maybe they will listen to you. It's kind of like they don't listen to your, the dad, but they listen yeah. to the cool the cool uncle. Um, if a kid wants to come visit a game, unofficial visit, if they're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, JUCO, whatever, what do they have to do if they want to come to a game this fall? They just need to reach out. Um, to us, to your recruiting area coach, um, if you know who that is, or try to get one of us on Twitter, a uh, direct message, and let us know if you're interested in coming to a game. And, you know, we can obviously give you our home dates um, and times once they are set. And then usually I like the guys to reach back out to me um, about a week or five days before that game, before they come, because we'll usually have some detailed information in terms of parking and what time to show up and a map of where to go and just you know sometimes we don't have that two months in advance right because we don't know the, the the time of the game but our recruiting department will do an awesome job of putting something together really detailed and so let us know and then we'll put you on a list and then it's always nice to circle back with that coach for me i like to do it like on mondays where i have the most time where i'm game planning and then by then that monday afternoon Coach, I mean, 30-minute call, probably one of the most valuable podcasts we've done in three years. Coach, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you guys. I hope everyone stays safe and, you know, all the young guys understand that, you know, you may not be as affected um, with all this virus stuff going on right now, but you can be, you know, someone who's carrying it. And, you know, it's very important that we all take this seriously so we can get back to normalcy as soon as possible. And wishing that everyone stay safe and enjoy time with their family because we all sacrifice a lot of time, student athletes and coaches, and it's a great time to catch up with people. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Coach, for being on with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Stay safe. Talk soon. Appreciate you. Bye. Coach Doug Scherer, his Twitter name is Coach D. Scherer, C-O-A-C-H, the letter D, S-H-E-A-R-E-R. Go follow him on Twitter. and uh, He was a phenomenal guest on our podcast. Uh, excited because he's our, he's our current, the first current D1 FBS coach that we've had on the podcast of the three coaches that we've had. And he provided so much invaluable information, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, again, it, it answers a lot of questions that kids were sending to us. Just kind of recapping some of the things, guys. Brian and I often tell you guys to utilize your Twitter as like an online journal. So, again, this just emphasized it during this quarantine period that use your Twitter. Post that you're doing push-ups. Post that you're doing footwork in your backyard. Post that you're kicking some balls. Because right now, this is one of the best chances that they have. And if anything, 
they're probably more available now to sit there and evaluate film than ever. So that was one good takeaway for you guys to maximize it. You know, and then again, maximize your quarantine if that's if that's the right word to use. You know, go in your backyard, do what you can in the backyard, go to the park if you can, you know, and, and, and kick some footballs. The good thing that kickers and punters and snappers have is usually you're by yourself. You know, so technically you are socially distancing as well. So if, if that's appropriate for you and what you're comfortable with, go out and make film. And like Coach said, it never hurts to keep sending them film because it's more of a chance for them to evaluate and evaluate right. and you. Speaking of kicking guys, um, we have really enjoyed the benefits of a new kickoff tee. Uh, we've talked about it in a recent podcast. You've seen it on social media. It's called the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Um, and, and again, at a recent camp, and a couple of trainings that Chris and I have had, you know, before the virus came up, you know, we've seen really good progress um, utilizing this kickoff tee. So we'll make sure to have the link in our show notes and also on our social platforms. And if you use the code capital NKR, NKR, and you'll get a 10% discount. So maximizing that as well. Yeah, what's important for you guys to know, if that's the first time you've ever heard of the Launchpad Kickoff Tee, is the science behind it is it allows the football on the kickoff tee to have a little bit more of a forward lean and even allows you to lean the ball left and right a little bit. So think about it as in opening the sweet spot when you're kicking a field goal. It allows you more space to get your foot on the ball. And again, like Brian and I said, we've seen guys who normally kick lower line drives all of a sudden add maybe two-tenths to four-tenths of a second hang time on their kickoffs, and that's a game-changer at the college level as well. So uh, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee, the link and the promo code will be in our show notes as well if you have interest in learning more about it and or purchasing it. Yeah, the tee is approved by the NCAA for college as well as the NFHS for high school. So um, it is legal to use it, and they're pending on trying to get it approved by the NFL. Um, thanks, guys, so much for, for joining in. Um, again, just like Coach Scherer mentioned earlier on the podcast, uh, please be safe out there, uh, whether you're 14 years old, 34 years old like myself, 38 like Chris, whatever. Like We need to do our part and self-quarantine, stay in the house, uh, stay in the backyard, um, don't go to social places with, with big groups of folks, um, be smart, make sure you're washing your hands, coughing uh, properly in your elbow. Uh, lots of those things that you guys are seeing all on social media, you have to take it serious, guys, uh, because you guys can be carriers. We can be carriers. We can affect our loved ones and other folks around us, or it could even affect us. So um, please take it seriously. Uh, we'll be putting out more podcasts over the next few weeks. Um, please make sure to subscribe. Uh, if you'd like for us to interview a, a specific athlete or coach, uh, feel free to DM us on any social platform, and we'll do the best we can. All right, thanks again for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this one, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience podcast. We are an international podcast devoted to discussing special teams topics and interviewing some of the biggest special teams names in the NFL and beyond. Established in 2017, we have enjoyed giving back to the special teams community by discussing current events, offering free tips, and interviewing and sharing the journey of professional specialists and coaches in the football world. We offer a free podcast to you all done on our own time. It is our goal and hope that you become a better specialist because of or find enjoyment in our content. If our program is benefiting you and you're looking for a way to support what we do, please consider becoming a patron and support us. Thank you, and we hope to continue helping you and bring you something enjoyable to listen to. 4DE Nation. Hey, what's up, 40 Nation? 
We just wanted to let you know about a brand new product that's out on the market called the Launchpad Kickoff Block. Yeah, guys, I mean, this kickoff tee is phenomenal. It's basically designed to allow you to have a forward lean on your blog as well as to be able to lean it different ways that you want. It's, it's super flexible. It has a, a very good surface area to strike the sweet spot on the ball. As we all know in the kicking industry, hang time is more important than ever. So the forward lean and the 360-degree power arc or, or rainbow of, of settings, it makes the launch pad the most versatile and strategic kickoff tee ever. We actually had a camp just recently where a guy that normally hits 63 to 67 yards is normally in like the 3-2 to 3-4 hang. And we just said, hey, why don't you just test it out? And the guy was hitting 3-7s to 3-9s, consistently hitting 65 to 68 yards. And it was just remarkable. So uh, this has been phenomenal to have the Launchpad kickoff tee come out. And you guys can use our code in. NKR, just like, you know, NKR camps, you know, NKR is the code where you can get a discount. And we're also going to put the link in the description. Okay. So that way you guys have that. And again, there's other things with this awesome launch pad team. You could do really cool squib kicks and boomerang bouncers and, and sidewinders. It's just more important forever to have all these tools in your kit when you're going to compete against other guys at the high school, college levels. And the other thing that's really cool about this is, is safety, actually. I mean, we've had trainees in the past that, that may step their toe on other tees uh it's really cool how the launch pad is designed it's very safe for your foot you know coming in to, to make foot to ball contact so again launch pad kickoff tee we're stoked about it we're excited links in the description and you could also use code capital nkr yeah brian i love the block to see it firsthand versus just kind of understanding the science behind it with the forward lean and opening up the sweet spot like you said when we saw kickers at our camp get a little bit more hang time than they average and typically do in our camps i mean that's what sold me and so i'm fully behind this block now that i've seen it in action and we've had the kickers at the camps like it and actually started purchasing it already i love the block already go get yours today Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.